Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Review Run. And this is a podcast about football that's being uh, hosted by some passionate Indian teenagers who have a love for the sport, really. So, um, I'm Arnie, and um, I'm a Liverpool fan, and I love football. I don't play football, but, you know, if I had the physical capability or if I'd been playing since I was young, I definitely would have played football because I do find playing it occasionally fun, but I don't play football at like a professional level or anything close to that. Uh, I just enjoy watching football a lot and recently I've become really into analyzing the game. Uh, I try to find as much data as I can and, you know, I love analyzing the statistics behind the game and I just love football. So I think that's why, that's what inspired me mainly to, you know, uh, co-start this podcast with my uh, co-host Himank. Right. So, hi everyone. I'm Himank and I'm a long-time football enthusiast. I've been supporting Barcelona since I was little. And unlike Arnie, I don't, I'm not really too much into the data analysis and all. I I just play the sport, I watch the sport, and I love the sport. And we're really excited to have you guys along with us on this journey Um we don't know if this is going to be weekly or bi-weekly or what the release schedule is going to be. So we hope you guys stick with us throughout our journey. And um, we hope you guys listen to this and enjoy it. And, you know, because this is experimental for us too, right? And we also want to know what's good. So just send us as much feedback as you can. You know, we're open to learning. So this week is going to be hosted by Himank. So let's let him start the topic. So let's get started. Welcome, everyone. I'd like to introduce the pundits of today's podcast. Okay, so I'm Anvir. Um, the club I'm going to be talking about today is Manchester City. The, the reason I've selected this club is because I support City. Um, yeah, I'm Kedar and I've chosen Chelsea. I've been supporting them since 20, 2011. I've been supporting Manchester United since 2012. Yeah, I'm a big fan. All right. Uh, hi, guys. So the topic of today's podcast is best summer business for some Premier League clubs. Uh, my first question to you guys, uh, could you tell us a little bit about your club's current situation and about their previous transfer windows? Let's start with Kedar. Uh, just before he says something, I just want to add for everyone's sake that um, we're assuming that the season will proceed as a plan before and they will postpone the games, but eventually the games will end yeah, yeah. and the season will end with a winner coming to all competitions. Yeah, right. Definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay, so now let's get started. Uh, Kedar, why don't you? Yeah, I mean, we're sitting at fourth place with three points in front of Man United. I mean, we're fine. If you told me the beginning of the season, I would be perfectly fine being fourth. But after seeing our performances, I don't think so. And I don't have much to judge of our transfer windows. We were banned for one. Right, but I think a lot of Chelsea fans, and you yourself included, uh, found that transfer ban a blessing in disguise. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so many people have emerged from this, like Reese James, Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, who probably would not have played. Okay, Okay, right. So next, uh, Manveer, why don't you tell us what you have about City? Okay, yeah. So this season has been pretty disappointing. 
but it was the only good or satisfying win this season mares i mean rodri was a good signing in the summer uh, cancelo all right good signing but he hasn't been given enough game time we haven't been at our best we haven't we surely haven't been as how good we've been in the last two seasons and yeah that's about it i'm not really happy with it's not been satisfying this season right after the past two seasons this one's been kind of a letdown yeah, although you, you guys have still done pretty good yeah we're sitting second place we are currently 25 points behind liverpool and we're four points clear of leicester at third hmm, i think you're going to win the fa and the carabao yeah, carabao seal bro yeah and you've beaten madrid in the first leg yeah yeah so not the best but not the worst either okay next uh, we have advet with man united okay yeah uh, so manu this season as they've been for the past i'd say 6 7 seasons since sir alex retired have been inconsistent and just perform their performances have been underwhelming as a whole and so one week we'd go beat leicester or chelsea or city but the next week we'd go lose to west ham or crystal palace or newcastle hmm. so i think it's just overall disappointing but since bruno's signed for us we've not looked back and we're unbeaten in nine since he signed with a goal difference of plus 20 so i think it's going in the right direction right and what about your previous signings over the past 5 6 years what do you have to say about those uh so firstly since since alex retired we've made loads of short term signings such as schweinsteiger schneiderlin falcao and even sanchez to a certain degree because when we signed sanchez marcial was in full flow and he i remember him scoring winners game after game and he had won two player of the month awards for manchester united and i think the sanchez signing just broke the wage structure of the club and just made players like de gea and pogba want higher salaries hmm. because he, he he was earning 490000 pounds a week which is a massive fee for a player who's consistently been underperforming right okay and last we have uh, arnav uh, who's going to be covering liverpool so okay um liverpool is in an interesting situation if you think about their past few transfer windows right i think hmm. before the last summer transfer window so exactly before one year ago they were brilliant in all their signings right they made some extremely good signings but i felt like they had this special position of power this year as the reigning champions of europe in the summer which they didn't take the only major signing we made was Adrian to come in as a backup keeper who we might be losing this year at least he says he wants to go back to Real Betis we don't know the validity of that report but it seems to be likely that he's going to leave especially after the Atletico mishap he's not happy with the Liverpool fans and I feel like they we've let him down and then um we also signed a youth player who's Seth Vanderberg who hasn't really made his impact yet In January, we did sign Takumi Minamino, and uh, I feel like it's a good signing. And like, given the circumstances of the signing, he had just scored at Anfield, and I think almost one or two days after he came, uh, after we played against Salzburg, Salzburg, we signed him, which I thought was a really good like 
Liverpool scouting staff is one of the best in the world. I have read some great articles about um, their use of data and analytics, which is on parallel uh, in the Premier League at least. And they've they've created some homegrown superstars over the last few years. You know, like Salah, Mane, even Firmino, uh, Fabinho, Van Dijk. None of these were household names when they came into Liverpool. But now that you can consider them as one of some of the world's best players, and I think that's definitely um, an influence of our uh, data analytics team. Analytics team that works closely with the training team, uh, the mentality that brought in by Klopp, and just the atmosphere around the club, I feel like has definitely helped them. Uh, one more positive thing they're doing this summer is moving to the Kirkby Centre in Liverpool. Uh, it's not uh, going to be. The youth academy will be playing side by side with the main academy, and they have a state-of-the-art art facility from this year compared to the kind of um, outdated Melwood Centre. Oh, okay. I didn't know about that. Okay, that's an interesting thing to know. Right. So next, uh, let's move on to your transfer plans and what are a few of the ideas that you have that you based your sporting project around. Let's start with uh, Adwet. All right. So. For, since Alex retired, we've spent a massive amount of 850 million pounds. And you can argue that none of it's been spent in the right areas. Although we have splashed cash, we haven't done it efficiently and smartly. So I'd say what we should try to do from now onwards, which I think Holly has shown signs of doing, is signing players with the right mentality who fit the style of player United and haven't just come for the for the glitz and the glamour but are there to play for the badge. Right. To be more intentional about the signings that you want to make. Yeah, basically that. Okay. Uh, uh, there's one more interesting thing about... So, recently there was a leak from Manchester United's press that they don't want to sign players at least this leak last summer and I think it's still true. They don't want to get into bidding wars with other teams which makes them lose out on a lot of good opportunities, which I feel, because they want players who only want to sign for Man United, which isn't that much anymore. Man United aren't such a prestigious club that there are other options for many players. That's what I mean. Uh, what do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's very true, because, because we've been linked with lots of players, such as Gareth Bale, uh, Fabinho, to be honest. He was linked with Man United for quite a while before he signed for Liverpool. And like and just solid players at the time in general, like Boateng and Modric back in his prime. So I think we have missed out on such players. If they did want to sign for Man United, we should have actually got into a bidding war that could have put us in a better position than we are right now. Right. Uh, so, Kedar, you tell us uh, what's your Chelsea plan based around? Yeah, so right now for the transfers we're going to make, we have a lot of money because we haven't spent in the last two seasons. I think we have made the most profit in the past two seasons out of any club, which is about 200 million, which is solid to purchase who we want to. And I, I just heard that Lampard has now got the deal to sign whoever he wants, not like previous times where Sari complained where he couldn't sign who he wanted. For example, he wanted to sign Lukaku, but he got Marata, and obviously that didn't work out. So I feel right now we have the youth. So, we just need to strengthen the experience and buy experienced players who can prove to be good for 
not that long but hmm. so the younger players can learn okay off. right so you want to kind of balance the team out all right and last yeah. uh, let's go to manveer uh, okay yeah, so this season the problem city has been facing have been solely defensive the attack has been good as you expect from manchester city but the defense the defense has been causing all the problems this season which wasn't the problem 2 years ago or even last season this season when um this summer when company left the club after 11 years guardiola trusted stones otamendi and laporte as his senior center backs but an injury to in the beginning of the season uh, it just it made stones and otamendi pair up and this was a big problem for city as they haven't shown in even one of the matches and city's defensive problems have been clear with the lo- loss to with loses to norwich and crystal palace etc right i want to yeah. i want to ask you yeah. one thing over here you haven't mentioned fernandinho who's yeah. i think stepped he's, up he's brilliantly been, and so, playing in a position that's not yeah, even so his. when when laporte did get his injury in the beginning of the season this idea didn't occur, hmm. occur to guardiola to play uh, fernandinho at center half so it started off with otamendi and stones as our center halves and an injury to stones brought fernandinho back in that position but fernandinho has been he's been exceptional like he's been our best center and i i think i've often told you guys that i don't think fernandinho is a good center back for a center defensive midfielder he's a good center back yeah, just he, for any he's been exceptional this season he's been he's been really good yeah but the defensive problems have been evident yeah. even though fernandinho has been playing exceptionally this season there has still been defensive problems at city hmm. yeah definitely right and back to arnav uh, what what are your transfer plans based around okay so um, i have two mentalities in mind right one of them is creativity i think we should definitely base our next window on creativity because right now we're a we're a really good side right i wouldn't say that liverpool's been playing bad by any means but recently especially in the last one month or two months february to march ever since henderson got injured in the atleti match um we have become stale and we have become um complacent you know um henderson brought this kind of energy to the pitch that um this motivation to the pitch that was lacking before and uh, when he left you could feel that uh, repercussion throughout the club right and um we started making games go really close uh, starting from the norwich game that was when henderson was but when henderson was healthy but uh, that was coming out of the winter break and something about that cursed winter break you know it made us complacent so i feel like liverpool feel like they're going to win every game and they're not going to win every game especially not with that mentality especially if you compare to the beginning of the season where we were trying to chase after every win uh, if you see the heart of the players in the aston villa game in so many of these games where we've come back from behind you know you realize that difference in quality since the beginning of the season i've been rewatching some old footage uh, of this season right earlier matches and there is definitely a difference in energy a difference in attitude a difference in mentality and to combat that we're going to need some creative players and we're going to need some players who don't have that mindset right now because i feel like most of our players do have that mindset uh, i think henderson is one of the few players who doesn't have that mindset who doesn't have that confidence who's trying his best but that that confidence has to be shared with everyone and 
I think uh, we need a signing that can do that. I think, and that's what I'm going to base it on to remove the staleness of the club. All right, to change things up a little bit. Yeah. Okay, cool. So now let's move on to the bread and butter of today's podcast. My question is: What tactical profiles do you have in mind for your club, and what are the players you've selected to fit this uh, mold? Let's start with Kedar. Yeah. So like I said, we need experience and. very recently we were i think few hours of your link with umtiti i feel that would be a really good signing because he's he's experienced obviously and he doesn't get barcelona i'm pretty sure i mean i don't watch much of them but i'm pretty sure hmm. longless preferred over him so if he could get him, that would be a really good thing because he's a leader he's vocal and he could command hmm. our backline which is what we need right now because most of the goals are conceded have been defensive issues and not goalkeeper issues So then, uh, we need a forward because in the recent years, most of our forwards have been, you know, hit or miss. So Mertens, I feel, on a free, even though Inter is probably leading us, we it would be really good to get Mertens because he has about two years left at his best, and Tammy can learn of that. And okay, so you're, look, and then you're looking for a striker. Like beautiful yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So. In front, you've already signed Ziyech from Ajax. Uh, it's going to be official over the summer, and you yeah. have uh, Hudson Odoi coming back from injury, and I think Pulisic too. Pulisic has been injured for a long time, and that's been really bad for us. I mean, he showed glimpses of being really good. In right. So with those players coming in, and you already have uh, you know Pedro and Willian and uh, Giroud and Tammy Abraham, so. How are you planning to fit in another attacker? Are you? Uh, are, do you have some people you're looking to offload? Okay. Pedro said he's leaving, so that's one attacker gone. And William, he also might because he wants a three-year deal, hmm. and we're willing to offer only two. So I feel it's better if he leaves. And he's dropped off a bit significantly, so it would be better to just leave him out. So if we get. We can. We have a buy back, buy back on Jeremy Boga, who we loaned, who we sold to a team in Liga, and if we could buy him back for twenty mil, that would be good. And obviously, Mertens would make a huge difference. I mean, he's world class. He's shown it many mm-hmm. times. But yeah, with Pulisic coming, and he's he can he really has a lot of potential. He's shown real glimpses of being great. So that could and Ziyech is obviously on the right. So I'm assuming I'm saying all this assuming we don't buy right. Sancho. Uh, would you want to buy Sancho if you had the choice to? Yeah, I mean, uh, anyone would. Have, have you seen his numbers, his play? I mean, he's really good, but I don't think personally. I don't think we're going to buy it. But if I had the choice, I would have. And obviously, a left back where we lack the most. So Alonso and Emerson, we probably keep Alonso as a backup because he's really good in the three-four-three, where he stands as a left wing back. So keeping him as backup and buying Alex Sellers, who we're heavily linked to. Would be really good for the club. right. Okay, that makes sense. So you'd be spending not not the two hundred million that you you're allowed to even less than that. Yeah, because we'll obviously keep some for hmm. January if things don't plan. That makes sense. It's an economical plan. Okay, next, uh, let's move on to Arnav. What do you have for Liverpool? Okay, so I think um, Liverpool to uh, combat the staleness that I said earlier. Uh, I've looked at. mainly um, creative attacking midfielders that have a ton of pace right and um, 
one of these is a very um, like big link to us they've been linked he's been linked to us a lot but the other two i feel are a bit of a wild card pick and not very uh, conventional but they have been linked to us enough for me to believe that they're in the realm of possibility right so the first one is uh, surprise surprise it's Cav- kai habits he has said that he wa- he has an interest in signing for liverpool he has he's worth about 50 to 50 to 60 million and um i think that uh, we can get him at that price because he has mentioned that he is interested in signing for liverpool um he is brilliant right if you've seen his work at leverkusen you would know how brilliant he is he is incredibly fast the pace he brings the aggressiveness he brings and the creativity he brings is unparalleled to anyone else in europe is at that age with that potential right now i feel like under jurgen klopp's system under liverpool he could be like a superstar in a couple of years and i feel like liverpool is the right place for him to grow that way now i have to address the elephant in the room or the red bull in the room and that's timo werner <laughs> he is somebody that's been linked to us so much in the last few months that even from last year right ever since we became european champions all you could see in the liverpool transfer rumors was timo werner and he himself has said so many times that he would like to sign for liverpool but i don't think that he would be a good fit because we have such a good and established front three and unless we sell somebody in the front three which i don't think we should do this season right i think it's just one season too early to sell, sell off anyone from that front three he would disrupt the front three or he would sit on the bench and i don't think he's um, he deserves to be a bench warmer and i don't think anyone on our front three deserves to be benched in place of Timo Werner. Uh Firmino hasn't been great lately but I don't think that um that still justifies Timo Werner taking his place which is why I don't think he's a good signing for this summer at least. Um the next player which I've chosen is Todd Cantwell from Norwich. He is um 23 years old and he is brilliant. He plays uh, at attacking midfielder and he can also play at the wing. so he can either be on the bench and come on for um sala firmino or mane or he could be a regular um midfielder if we end up sending selling wijnaldum or sosuiler players shakiri mm-hmm. uh, has been linked to other clubs lalana has been said linked to other clubs and we need to fill those holes <coughs> right and i think todd cantwell is a perfect replacement he he fits into that liverpool mold you know and he's young and he has so much potential and i think the main reason why i think he's going to leave norwich this year is because they are most definitely going down they're eight or nine points off of safety and um, even if the season plays out it'll take a miracle for them to stay in the premier league and i don't think a player of that caliber deserves to be in the championship i think he deserves much better than the championship and that is the premier league and i think he will stay in the premier league and i think if he goes to any premier league club it should be liverpool and my final choice is a bit of a black sheep amongst black sheep and that's Pablo Fornals he is a west ham uh, midfielder that comes off the bench and um he is brilliant when he comes off the bench you know he he has i think five or four goals coming off the bench this year which is pretty impressive he scored a goal at anfield against liverpool's defense which i think is one of the best goals of the season if you watch it and i think he's brilliant right 
he he brings this kind of energy and pace on the pitch the second he comes onto the pitch which i don't think i've seen from a player in a long time and i think we need somebody like that to come in clutch right origi is good origi is like a club legend now you know hmm. uh, i put that in quote and quote but um i still think we need someone who brings like pace you know i feel like origi is definitely a skilled player but i think his clutchness was like i don't know i i don't feel like it was it came in like i feel like he was lucky right place right time right yeah i still don't think that he, he had he has any special ability or some creative talent that made him that uh, he was at the right place at the right time doing the right things uh, mane was i mean sala was injured firmino was injured so it was like circumstances led him there and like i don't think his clutchness is a thing to write home about of course we can make jokes about it but at the end of the day uh, it's we need somebody who is a bench like who makes an immediate impact yeah, i mean can i say something you spoke about kai havertz yeah you said you value him at 50 million but the chairman values him at 100 upper 100 million so do you feel you would be willing to splash the cash for someone like him I think Liverpool can afford it because of how little they've spent but I think Liverpool's um, scouting team and uh, just their team that like finds players um, is so good that um, you know they'll find some clause some small minutia of a detail that will get him for a cheaper price they've done that for so many players but I feel like Liverpool's also a club that's willing to shell out the big bucks when they want to right they set the record when they signed van dijk they set the record when they signed alisson of course those records were beaten but that still shows that when they're determined to get a player they are willing to pay for it and as jurgen klopp has said of course we're not going to sign mbappe because we can't afford that much right he's mentioned that like even yeah. we have a budget and we're not going to sign mbappe and we can't afford that so we know that they have a budget but i i'm pretty sure they're ha- willing to shell out how much they need to for havertz because he's a brilliant player okay can i ask yeah. a question too okay so You mentioned yeah, players sure. like Cantwell yeah. and Fornals, right? They're they have immense talent and potential. But do you think that yeah. that too much of a drop off from your main team to your bench and quality? Because as we've seen over the over the years, teams that have been consistently winning trophies year after year, they've had a bench which is as good as the starting eleven. So do you think those signings would be viable? I think that um the main thing to consider is that we already have a really good bench right all we're doing is padding it a little bit I think we have enough players as shown in those under 23 games as shown in those FA Cup games that we do have players that are good enough on the bench you know we barely use any first team players in those cup games and we were still able to hold our own in a lot of them of course uh the final loss to Aston Villa was tragic but that our, most of our main team was in Qatar at the time but i feel like we have a pretty good bench right and it's a pretty deep bench all we'll be doing is adding players and the thing is i feel like they are quality players right they're just not in the right teams and they're not able to do the right things and you know in the end uh is it not like liverpool's whole thing to take a player who isn't that like you know well renowned and uh turn them into somebody who's great and i think that's the you know the motto that these signings are going for i don't want to sign any superstars 
because we haven't signed any superstars in recent years you know all we've done is sold superstars and bought several good players with that money suarez coutinho they were great signings but when we so we've made so much more from their selling them than okay so I, I have a question for you so earlier you said that um, hmm. uh, yeah. liverpool's teams do find loopholes but say they do don't find a loophole in the signing of kai havertz and you do have to pay more than 100 million would you like to spend this money on havertz or another player who fits the same tactical profile i think um the scouting team knows best right and uh, even jurgen klopp hasn't um given much of his input in the press at least he says that you know he leaves it to the scouting team he trusts what they're doing he, he doesn't interfere with scouting much so even if we are the manager as we meant to assume in this episode um i think the scouting team knows what they're doing and whoever they end up buying if that's high habits then that's great but if they think that there's a player who statistically and they've watched him and they think he's good enough mm, for yeah, liverpool yeah. then he probably is good enough for liverpool right so let's move on to advet what yes. do you have for man united as kerar said chelsea and man united have pretty similar problems and inconsistencies in the team like chelsea even man united are lacking in the left back and in the right wing position so we do have pretty similar targets uh, even we have been linked with sancho who has phenomenal stats this season he has a total of 38 goal involvements and he is marketed as a second most uh, valuable player in the world so i think those are great stats and not just those but the fact that he he has the chemistry with the english english players that are already at united i think he'd fit right in and i think he has the right mentality to succeed and not and i don't think he's a money grab so other than that we were we've also been linked with teles who from left back has 10 goals and 9 assists this season which are phenomenal stats and i think our attacking input from our full back positions must improve if we have to reach the top teams and at the moment we've been lacking in that because wan bisaka however accomplished and great he is at defending he's not good at attacking per se compared to say a uh, alexander arnold so to reach that level i think we need such a signing and this is going to be a surprising one but not a signing but i think keeping pogba at the club is going to be crucial because now because of the entire coronavirus pandemic i don't think clubs such as madrid and juventus will be able to afford him because this virus has just created such economic instability and i think it's just unrealistic for such a for clubs like these whose players are currently taking pay cuts to go for a 150 plus million deal in the summer so i think keeping him at united would be would be great and i think we should aim for that and lastly and mainly in my opinion i think we need to sign pochettino hmm. who who is i think the right man to take man united forward how i completely agree with anyone who says that all is built a great foundation 
because the dead wood that he's removed and the players that he's brought in with the right attitude it's a solid foundation to build on unlike the previous managers whose signings didn't really convey a plan or didn't show any straight thinking but i think ole is good at buying players that he wants and that fit right into the team like we've seen from Bruno Maguire and Bissaka who've been phenomenal so Pochettino him under Daniel Levy who has who is a pretty stubborn character like Edward Wood and who isn't willing to splash the cash and this is an astounding fact to be honest in the five and a half years that Pochettino was at Spurs, he had a net spend of 20 million pounds. And that's, yeah, that's that's insane. Because wow. even at Southampton, which he was for, which which club he managed before this, he had a net spend of 38 million. Oh. So for a top six side, I think that's, that's, that's a mind-boggling stat. And the Right, and not just a top six side. A yeah. side he Ex- took over not being a top exactly. six and really, really pushed them into the, the category term, of top, top six. six term. Because before that, it was just, oh yeah, Man U won this year, Chelsea won this year, Arsenal won this year, no big deal. But this year, and after that, there's been real competitiveness hmm. in the top. And I, I think right. at the moment, our squad has all the right assets to go to the next level and reach a whole new potentially title-winning squad. So, and as he's displayed at Spurs, he can take players with great potential and transform them into world-class entities such as like Son, Deli Ali, Aldo Herald and Kane. Those are four players he signed and just took them from I'd say average or a bit more than average to world-class and would fit into almost any team in the world. So, yeah, I think he thrives under such harsh conditions which Man United have. So, I think he'd be the man for us. Um, yeah, I mean, you spoke about Sancho. I have a question oh, about Pochettino. Yeah, Keda, yeah go you on. spoke yeah. about Sancho and you said you don't think he's a money grab. What would then? What would persuade him to choose Manu over Chelsea? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you easily offer him much more wages than we can, and he'd have a higher transfer fee and higher value, and he'd probably be a golden boy in your team. Yeah. So, what do you think would make you choose y'all? So, firstly, I'd like to say that you can't argue the fact that Man United is just a bigger team and a bigger. I mean, just a bigger team than Chelsea in general, and they have more viewers. And if you sign at Man United, the attention you get and the prospect of getting onto that world-class level is just, in my opinion, higher than if you go to Chelsea. Although Chelsea have been great, yeah, his boyhood club was Chelsea, so right, and he was also at Manchester City yeah, till yeah, I think so I seventeen. How... Yeah, these these are variables that. Man United haven't taken into consideration, but I think just as although he does have friendships elsewhere, I think his friendships at United and just the prospect. Maybe it's because I'm a United fan, but the prospect of playing for our club, I'd take that opportunity every day. 
Right, yeah, I think it's undoubtedly true. I mean, it's it's not like it's a hidden fact, right? But uh, I have two questions. Um, firstly, um, so Pochettino has said um, so he was yeah. tied to Real Madrid and Barcelona a lot, right? And when he was tied to them, he always said, "I'd never, you know, coach them because I still have feelings for Espanyol, right?" And the, one of the first questions they asked him when he was fired from Spurs is. Are you going to sign for Arsenal? Are you going to sign for any Premier League club? And he said, no, not for now because I have too much respect for Spurs. So what makes you think he's going to, uh, like, what do you think is going to persuade him to coach Man United when he has rejected them in public mm. in the past and not even in the distant past? Quite recently. Again, I think just the idea of managing United, I, I'm pretty sure he, he would, he, he probably said that and I think that him saying that doesn't really change the fact that if Manchester United actually come calling, because at that time they were just rumours, but if Man United actually do go up to Pochettino and potentially ask him to be our manager, I think that's uh, an opportunity you can't turn down. And as a manager as well, I think Man United just suits him because the players that we have in place right now, as I said earlier, we have a foundation to build on and, and that's exactly what Pochettino has been doing for his entire career. So I think it does point to the fact that he could be our manager. But uh, yeah. One more question. Um, yeah. So you've been extensively linked to Grealish, yeah. Madison and Chilwell. How come they aren't a part of your plan? Because like, especially Grealish... All you can see is Grealish yeah, to Man United. Like, um, how would you? Yeah. So why is that a part of your plan? Like, what? Why did you take the decision yeah, so, not to sign him in this uh, alternative? Now, as I've said, I think Pogba is gonna stay, and I think it's evident he is going to start for United week in week out. And if we do have, and I think we should have Pogba and Bruno in our starting eleven because they're just too good a player, too good two players to be left out of our team. So, I think in if we do sign a Grealish or a Madison, they'd be a great, great, great wedge option. But I don't, don't think they're going to be willing to sign to warm Man United's bench. And even, I think that's the next step after we get our starting 11 sorted, is to build on the bench and sign quality players for the bench, like Liverpool are doing right now. So, I think at the moment, we should focus on our starting 11. And what that's lacking at the moment is a CDM who can really sweep the ball out from the back and who who breaks up play just really well and can just has, a, has leadership qualities. And that all just points to the fact that we need to sign a center mid, center, center defense mid as well. So, who I've gone for in CDM instead of these Madison Grealish links, I've gone for either Thomas Partey or NDD. And as a third option, but he would be my last option, would be Van Der Beek, who is, I'm not, I'm not denying it, a phenomenal talent. But I just don't think he's suited for United because he's been playing at Ajax and he's going to take a season or two to actually get into the group. But the other two, I think Partey and NDD, they have 
buyback clause. They have release clauses of about forty-five to fifty million million each. I think, especially Partey, he'd be my ideal CDM signing. Just his handling of the ball and just the way he goes about playing, as as we saw in the Liverpool game, I think he was he was one of the deciding factors in the uh, tie because every time Liverpool were on the counter or posed a threat while attacking, I think he was there to snuff out the danger and he was just there to get the ball back and just feed it out to the full-backs or to the centre-mid to go back at it again. So I think that's who we need with two attacking players such as Pogba and uh, Bruno ahead of him. Who he can he just compliments very well in my in my head, and yeah, yeah. Partey has definitely been conditioned under Simeone. Uh, so again, what about Ndidi? He's he's not my number one signing, but I'm not disrespecting him or downplaying any of his attributes or his quality because any Van der Beek, Ndidi, all of them, Madison Grealish, whoever we're talking about. They've only been linked with United because they have immense quality and can be can take our team to the next level, which is what I want for us. So NDD, he's I think I think he's been one of the he's been one of the three of Leicester's midfield who have just clicked so well together. And even as Leicester's uh, formation and as they set up, I think that's pretty similar to Man United because NDD is the holding midfielder as he would be at United. Madison's the more attacking uh, player as Bruno would be for us, and uh, Telemans is the box to box which Pogba would be for us when he does come back from injury. So NDD, every, every single game I've seen of him, and I've seen a lot of Leicester play this season because they've been pretty. Amazing, and every game I've seen, he's he has pretty similar qualities to Partey, and he's 23 years old, so that's an ideal age for for a signing. And he's also well conditioned to the Premier League, but I I think he's just not as at like Partey's level yet. I think he's he's going to get there for sure, but I think we need a player who can come in and thrive, like. Oh, Bruno has. Yeah. Right. So, tying to Didi, and um, I just wanted to say, I think that Leicester are going to get teared apart in this window, right? Like how Ajax were yeah. last window, last summer. I feel like most of their core is going to go this summer. So, it's going to be really interesting to see how Leicester play next year because, you know, Madison has been linked to other clubs and Didi, Chilwell... You know, so many players, so young too. And like, you know, I feel like Pereira, Ayose, Perez, all of them have been linked to other clubs. Uh, even yeah. Barnes has been linked to other clubs. So I think, I feel like they're going to be torn apart this summer, which is definitely concerning because they've been playing brilliant. Of course, uh, after Boxing Day, they have been uh, poor. I mean, I think they won one out of the last seven games or something like that, which is shocking for a team who was flying until then. So, yeah, since they lost to City, they haven't been the same. Yeah, I, agree. Right. I, want to, I want to counter that. Yeah. 
I don't really think I don't feel like uh, Leicester going to suffer the same fate as Ajax this season because of two reasons. One is why would a player from Leicester City want to sign for United right now when they're going from Champions League football uh, to Europa League football? And second is I don't really think Leicester are, are just on a magical run like it's not just one season. They have a great sporting project under Brendan Rodgers. and i think i think there's a lot more potential to this team like they could be a solid uh, top 4 or maybe top 6 challenging side uh, for quite about, a few seasons and next year they're going to be in the champions league yeah, so champions league and uh, what do you really think i mean sancho he has to hmm. play in the champions league he's what he just turned 20 he has to i mean if yeah. manu end up in the europa league i right. don't think he's going to there's no way Yeah I think that's hmm. going to be important. Yeah I think that that's one of the big I think the main thing this season is going to be like a lot of the transfers are going to depend on what happens to Manchester City's ban right because the season continues let's say that gets hmm. appealed and let's say that Man City win then Man United doesn't become a very preferred destination anymore but the second that Ma- uh, Man City get banned and that gets confirmed for next season then Man United Arsenal you know all these clubs become potential yeah, destinations When Because the Europa League can be playing Champions League football next year. Yeah, but even then, I feel like uh, players like Sancho. Okay, Sancho is an exception. He wants to make the step up to the Premier League right now. But other players like uh, maybe Ndidi or uh, you know players like that, Man United and Arsenal and all are just as unlikely to make it into the top four two seasons from now. as Leicester are fair enough and that's why i think man city's ban is so important because that right, and place I... is open right now you know like the race is insane for fifth place i think hmm. there's six seven teams pretending for that fifth place spot all the way down to 11th place as it is right so i think uh, and talking about hmm. city's ban i think we should um, uh, let monvier explain his situation Okay so obviously last summer uh, Manchester City captain Vincent Kompany left the club after 11 years Guardiola opted not to sign another center half and trust the options that he had in John Stones and uh, John Stones Americ Laporte and Nicolas Otamendi and injury to Laporte in the fourth game against Brighton really changed uh, it changed everything and City struggled to cope defensively ever since Fernandinho had been exceptional in that position and has been he has been our best center back this season but the defensive problems are they've been shown like in our performances against um, Norwich losing to Wolves twice using to United three times the defensive problems are very clear uh so finding a consistent and reliable defender to partner Laporte in to partner Laporte and also lead the defense in his absence is a must for City in the summer even though Fernandinho has been exceptional in that position it is not his natural position and i'm sure he would opt to play as a holding midfielder which he is best at so one center back that i've chosen is uh Soyuncu from Leicester City so the premier league at the moment is short of world class center backs but one central defender who doesn't lack quality is Soyuncu When Leicester City sold Harry Maguire for 80 million, they bought Soyuncu for 10 million. They haven't missed Maguire. They haven't really missed Maguire since they've got Soyuncu, and um, he's quick. 
he's good in the air and he's calm on the ball exactly what guardiola wants in a defender so he is one of the central defenders that i have chosen and another central defender who i have chosen is milan skriniar from inter milan so skriniar is one of europe's most highly rated defenders and based off his performances for inter this season he would certainly bring much needed steel to city's backline since conte took over inter last summer he's transformed the club he's he's he, he the performances of inter have been seen they've become an exceptional club and they get and they are battling for the serie a title at the moment so since conte was at chelsea we know that he needs a strong defense for, for his teams to be successful and so and um, skriniar has been one of the he's been one of the center halves who has made inter milan's defense impenetrable so skriniar is quick he he's calm on the ball and he's good in the air and he has all the attributes that guardiola wants in a center half so any of these two signings would if i would like to see any of these two signings happening and obviously this would be good for manchester city now another position where city has been struggling is left back so obviously um mendy has been injured almost he's not had a long spell where he hasn't been injured he has been injured every single season since he has joined and he's had like a couple of games like four five six games at a stretch and he'll bring up another injury zinchenko lacks the quality to be a solid left back for city and angelino is out on loan he's a young player but i can't see him becoming a great i can't see him becoming a left back in this in this side so two players that i have selected which would help bringing more stability to city's defense first is ben chilwell he's 22 years old and obviously he is contracted to leicester city till 2024 and brendan rodgers will be desperate to ensure he stays with them but let's face it if city follow up their interest with a good offer he will make the move the total package of the deal would cost in the region of 50 million and uh, i feel this is a this is a huge bargain for city if they could sign if they could sign ben chilwell he's certainly a more capable center back uh, left back than uh, alexander zinchenko or angelino even though i like mendy a lot but the injuries just haven't helped him at all so i feel like a more stable left back such as ben chilwell would really help city's defensive problems so another deal that has been in prospect is leroy sane and a david alaba from bayern munich swap deal this deal would in my opinion benefit city more than it would benefit bayern munich the reason is that city's defense city's offense their attack this season has been very good but their defense just hasn't shown up so the attack leroy sane if when added to the attack when he's back from injury when he comes and plays or if he stays next season i don't think he would add too much firepower than what we already have but a swap deal david alaba coming in as a left back for manchester city would prove to be huge and could decide next season for us potentially so and obviously angelino will be back from loan but i don't i don't see him becoming a big player in manchester city and i in my opinion he has shown that he's a decent left back but i don't believe that he could become a big player at city right so lastly assuming your plan plays out perfectly 
could you guys describe where you see okay, your so team a year from now? The Let's start I, with Advet. If we do get Pochettino in as manager, I think we're looking up for once as Man United and we actually look like we have a plan in place. So I think we, if we do sign these players, we, we'd be looking for a top four finish for sure. I'm certain about that. And ahead of that, I think we could possibly push for top two in a season or two if we get the main person I want is Pochettino. If we get the right man for the job, even with the current players without any additional signings, I think we have the squad to get a top three or top two finish minimum. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's about it. All right, that that sounds good. Uh, next, Kedar, you tell us. Uh, so, assuming Frank Lampard gets his way and gets to sign who he wants, and I mean, personally, I get to sign who I want. I could see us finishing in the top four, like we probably will this season, and hopefully we'll fight for the top two because Liverpool and City are much above us, and with the right signings, we could probably take one of their places. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and you'd look to do much better in Europe as well. Okay, next, okay, so Arnav. I think this is a bit optimistic, but I also think it's realistic considering our current form and just what we've done this season, right? I think it is very realistic for us that if this transfer window goes as I've planned, we could win the Premier League and or the Champions League, right? I think the Premier League is going to be a tighter race next year, season much tighter than this year, but I still feel like Liverpool has the quality to win it, right? It's not like we've dipped in form or like we've... It's not like we've gotten any worse than we are right now and I don't think we will in the summer transfer window. So I think that there's no reason for us to dip in quality and I think it's realistic for us to win the Premier League. About the Champions League, we have to get somebody who's clutch and we can't um, mess up, right? And I think the Atletico situation was really uh, an anomaly rather than a habit or something like that. So I I don't feel like that's going to happen very often but we need to figure out how to defend, like how to protect ourselves from situations like that. So, yeah, I think Premier League and Champions League are in our sights next year, and I don't, I don't think it will be um, crazy to say that we will, we will have a chance to win next year if this plan goes. All right, and lastly, the Carabao Cup stronghold. Uh, Manveer, you tell us what your plan is. So, from the two centre backs and two left backs that I have. I have selected if I was the manager of City and would be in charge of the business of the summer, if even one, one centre-back, one left-back, or even one, one centre-back, or, yeah, centre-back just seems like a position that's more important for City to look at at the moment, but a left-back signing would also, would obviously help. So, um, if even one of these signings take place, I feel like City could be title contenders next season. They obviously are. They I would like to see them in the Premier League. I feel like if any of the signings are done, City could potentially win the Premier League. And um, obviously, if we do play the Champions League, I would want us to see past the semi-final stage, which we have failed to do on various occasions. Only the one time we made it past the semi-final stage. But I feel like an addition and a centre-back... And another left back with these two signings, City could be Premier League champions next season and obviously be 
contenders for the Champions League as well. Domestic trophies, obviously, we focus a lot on, and I feel like we would retain the Carabao Cup. The FA Cup is not over yet, but I feel like we could retain the Carabao Cup. And FA Cup, obviously, the domestic trophies are important, and I feel like we could win. I feel like this side could become a great side. Maybe even better than the Centurions or last season's domestic treble winning side. So, yeah. I think this wraps it up. So, it's been a great first episode for us. I think not just as a podcast, but just as a general discussion. I've enjoyed it a lot. And I want to thank thank you guys for being here and hope you guys had a great time too. So, this was a very fun podcast to record. I hope we can do this like more often. And hopefully when football restarts, which is hopefully soon. Yeah, so it was pretty fun and I enjoyed. Thank you for listening to the podcast, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed it uh, as much as we enjoyed recording it. And I hope you guys learned a thing or two from this episode. Um, If you guys did like it and if you have gotten this far in the episode, then I suggest you um, let everyone... Let all of your friends know about the podcast and, you know, just to help us spread around because, you know, it's our first episode and we want to, you know, try and get an outreach. So that's a wrap then. Um, thanks, Amank. This was fun. Yeah, pleasure doing this.